millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. Today, I got a good one for you guys. So basically, like usual, we have those full player breakdowns. I break down five full games. So just to give you guys an intro of what's happening this week, I got Kentucky versus Tennessee. Get to break down Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, Dalton Neck, Aaron Bradshaw. Then I watched the G League Ignite game. Get to break down Ron Holland, Matasas Bazelas, Izan Almanza, and Tyler Smith as well. We got Miami versus Florida State. Florida State has Baba Miller, Jameer Watkins, who's really flying up draft boards lately. Miami has Wooga Popular, Matthew Cleveland, and Keyshawn George, who's also somebody that's been flying up draft boards lately. And then I got Baylor versus Kansas. So I got Jacoby Walter, Jalen Bridges, Yavis Missy, and um, Hunter Dickinson from Kansas. Kevin McCullough did not play in that game, but... A guy that's been moving up draft boards as well, Johnny Firm Furphy. Somebody going to be breaking down too. The last game is the Euro guy of the week, and the Euro guy of the week is Melvin Adhensia from San Quentin. It's going to be really, really exciting week. So let's go ahead and start with Kentucky. So Kentucky in this game. Let's go ahead and start with Rob Dillingham. So Rob Dillingham is averaging 15 points per game. Off of four assists, 1.2 steals, 48% field goal percentage, 75% free throw percentage, and 43% three-point percentage. He's six foot. He plays two guard for Kentucky, but the ideal position in the NBA is point guard. You know, and in the past, I've he's really fluctuated up and down my big board throughout the season. He's been anywhere from around 10 to 11 to 25, anywhere in that range depending on the way I've been viewing him. You know, the issues is a six-foot guy that's quick and fast, yes, but is a thinner frame, and when you pair the thinner frame with the lack of height, people with length and size do give him issues. In the NBA, they get longer and stronger, right? So, you know, that's that's the knocks. And last game, the knocks became more legitimate. And, you know, he had real issues shot creating from the perimeter of the game before this game. So he moved down the big board to like 22, 23. But in this game, man, was he in his bag. He was shot creating from the perimeter so well. I mean, his footwork, his ability to shot create uh, with a ball in his hands is so so translatable to the NBA, especially at the guard position, the point guard position with all the spacing in the NBA and the pick and rolls and the high volume ball handling, you know, all the things that he does in Kentucky on the perimeter at the three point line and in the mid range shot creating are all extremely elite stuff that he does. It makes it look really easy. And, 
you know, his efficiency on those those that play style is really impressive. You know, he didn't really drive to the rim a ton, but he really flashed his overwhelming perimeter shot creation where he moved up even more on the board. You know, every once in a while he did have one or two layups at the rim that looked pretty nice. So, you know, Rob Dillingham, again, he, he has a good enough passing skill set to be a point guard level passer. That's something I talked about beforehand. It's really important. Even though he's small and he will get exposed on the next level defensively, he does compete, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not small and can't defend and doesn't compete defensively. No, he competes every, every position. And, you know, he's, he's got a little mean streak to him as well. Cause Tennessee was beating him, beating them in that game. And, you know, he came down with a rebound there's Tennessee's got the six foot 10 center that is just so built and strong and Rom Dillingham pushed him <laughs> fighting for a rebound down by a few scores like he's he's got a little bit of that streak that you know you know he at least loves basketball right takes it seriously wants to win things of that nature I'd much rather have that than somebody that you know it's hard to tell if they really want to play basketball you'd rather have somebody that's a little edgy so you know Rom Dillingham right now he's at the 13 ranked guy on my big board i have him great as a 14 through 18 pet draft prospect he's got so much intrigue but the the lack of height paired with you know the lack of the film that we've seen of him having issues with size and length are really where you know hey he's having issues breaking into that lottery great right even though he's 13th on my big board but that's because it's a really weak draft class and that's why he's 13th but yeah Dillian had a really great game, you know, I and after watching this game, it really ties into the multiple games I watched beforehand, where it's going to take a lot of poor games to really move off the thought process. He's just a very elite shot creator. Okay, let's go ahead and kick it to his teammate, Reed Shepard. He's averaging 12 points per game, 4.2 assists. 2.4 steals, 52% field goal percentage, 78% free throw percentage, and 53% three-point percentage. Which is absolutely insane when you play 22 games this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a 6-2 point guard. This guy has the 52%, 53%, so sorry. <laughs> three-point percentage indicates this man can shoot the cover off the ball. You know, Reed Shepard's a good passer. Even though he's a below-average athlete, Normally, that would be like a question mark defensively, but what he does steals-wise with 2.4 a game really negates that weakness. I mean, the dude's really intelligent, gets into passing lanes so well, you know, tries to... He's just got a really great natural feel for stealing the basketball. It's really so hard to describe and explain because he doesn't do it with like athletic gifts and things of that nature, just like hounding you getting steals. No, he's just really intelligent basketball player. So yeah, I mean, in the pick and roll, he's so good standing at the three-point line. You know, the big question mark all year has been what can he do within the three-point line? In this game, he had some pretty nice, he had a few shots where he showed some flashes of it. He had a really nice hesitation on the three-point line, faking the three-point shot and finishing at the rim. That looked really nice in this game. There was another shot that I think was a floater as well. So, you know, he's starting to show more flashes of finishing inside the three-point line. And because of that, he moved up the big board. So every actually, it's impressive. Every game, he's slightly moved up the big board. And this time, he moved up from an early second-round draft pick grade to 22 through 26 draft pick. Right now, I have him ranked 20 five on my big board and you know reed shepherd's somebody that can definitely be a viable late first round draft pick for me so 
Yeah. And so basically in this game, you know, usually Kentucky has a ton of guys to scout, but Justin Edwards and I can't, Zavon Big Z, Zavon Ivisic, tough last name, and DJ Wagner did not play. So there's three guys that I will not break down. So only guy I have left to break down is Aaron Bradshaw. Aaron Bradshaw averaged 62.2 points per game, 0.7 blocks, 4.5 rebounds, 54% field goal percentage, 60% free throw percentage, and 27% three-point percentage. He's a seven foot one player. He's got a really thin frame. That's a real issue for him defending at the rim at the NBA. With the next level with that thin frame is a real issue. So is him rebounding against NBA groom and bodies. It's a real question mark. These are all question valid question marks that people can always have about Aaron Bradshaw. And you know he's got some intrigue for the three point shot and how well he moves athletically. So right now I have him as a project second round draft pick. So I have him graded as a thirty five through forty draft pick. He's ranked thirty six on my big board right now. I view him as a second round project. You draft him in the second round and you hope maybe he can develop. I don't see him cracking the first round at all unless he shoots 36, 37% from the three-point line, but 27% is, you know, not overwhelmingly good there. So yeah, Aaron Bradshaw. Let's go ahead and kick it to the Tennessee side of that matchup. The main guy to break down from that is Dalton Necht. So Dalton Necht is six foot six. He's averaging 20.2 points per game off of... 4.7 rebounds, 2 assists, 48% field goal percentage, 39% three-point percentage, and 80% free throw percentage. Phenomenal stats. I mean, you know, this guy, 6'6", 2 guard, comes off all ball screens as the shooter so well. He's so good. You know, shows, shows some pretty solid flashes of finishing at the rim. You know, I've seen flashes of him doing pick and roll running and looked really good at it. I didn't see him do that at all in this game. So, you know, but he looks so good in the one game that I did see him doing it. I still feel like you can put that tag on him as somebody that's capable as a pick and roll operator at this two guard position. So, you know, it, I didn't see anything in this game that drastically moved him up or down my draft board. Actually, I saw stuff that just made me feel really confident about the draft grade I still have on him. I have him as great as a 14 through 18 draft pick. Uh, he's 15th on my big board, and he reminds me so much of Austin Reeves, the Los Angeles Lakers two guard, 6'6 as well. You know, Austin Reeves can come off ball screens as a score shooter. He can be a standstill three-point shooter. He can move well off ball when somebody has the ball in their hands in an open space to be, you know, viable from the three-point line as well and run pick and rolls, which is really the unique thing that Austin Reeves does that most off-ball movers cannot do. So, you know, that's why, because of all those things together, it really reminds me of Austin Reeves as an extremely efficient two-guard shot creator that can shoot the three ball really well. So yeah, Dalton Neck is staying at number 15, but you know the tape deserves it. All right, so the next game to break down is that G League Ignite game. The main guy to break down from that game is Ron Holland. Right now he's averaging 20 points per game off of... 44% field goal percentage, 24% three-point percentage, and 75% free throw percentage. Six rebounds, three assists. So, you know, Ron Holland is somebody that can get downhill in a hurry. Um, really elite athlete, six foot eight, super athletic, really great handle period with that. Really adds to, you know, just his ability when he decides to go downhill. It's special. It really is special. You know, he, he's probably the best rim attacker in this draft class. And, you know, he's just... So good at it, so elite at it, and it's so efficient. But the 24% three-point percentage is extremely low. It's getting to the point in time where it's like, it's at such a low three-point percentage that you can have a legitimate question, is it ever going to develop? That is a legitimate question 
you can have. And, you know, it doesn't matter how athletic you are as a wing player if you can't shoot the three, right? In the sense of if you're not, if you're on the wing, you have less space than the point guards and the shooting guards do at the top of the key, right? So because of that, you it's easier to guard you and help defense and the person guard the defender next to that that person guarding you basically to help because there's less space, right? So you know if you can't shoot at the three to keep that defender and the whole wing the two defenders that are trying to guard that side of the court honest, then they can just cheat and, you know, force them away from the rim. Basically is what I'm getting at. You know, NBA defenses are extremely good at attacking and negating these one-dimensional rim attackers is the best way I can put it. And, you know, that's part of the reason why Ron Holland, even though he has top three pick or even top one pick gifts, right? It's just that three-point percentage is abysmal. Um, it's really bad. But, you know, in this game, he shows some pull-up mid-range shots, which is pretty decent. But, you know, and defensively, it, it's really an on-and-off switch defensively. One game that I remember watching him play defensively, he looked amazing. Every other game I've watched since then has been eh, average, way less than he, six eight freak athletes should be defending. You know, a recent guy that can be a good way to put this in your head head is a Jonathan Kaminga type of guy where they have really great athletic gifts, really long, can really get to the rim, but you know, that three point shot is a real issue. Uh, my comp for him still though is Jared Wallace. And, you know, he's he's a boomer bust guy. Seriously, he's a very big, big time boomer bust guy. I have him move down the big board just a smidge. From the fifth pick in the draft to the eighth pick in the draft, I have him graded as an eight through ten draft pick. Ron Holland's got a lot of gifts, and there's a lot of teams that'll probably love his upside. But you know, the floor is immensely low. And you know, one of the reasons why this team, as a whole, has won like one game this year out of twenty <laughs> is because of he's so efficient in his play style because he takes a decent amount of three point shots. Same thing for Matas Buzelis, which is a good transition to the next guy, Matas Buzelis. He's six foot ten, averaging twelve point four points per game off of forty four percent field goal percentage, twenty seven percent three point percentage, and sixty three percent free throw percentage. So you know, just like Ron Holland, this guy has a lot of really late gifts. He's got a really good handle. His handle allows him to get to the rim. He finishes really well. He's more of a touch finisher than like a power. I'm gonna dunk on you or you know, have a really strong layup at the rim kind of guy. Matas Pazelis is a very good passer. You know, the whole point forward idea for him is extremely realistic. He's a very good point forward. He's very translatable in that way. He's got a lot of length defensively, which helps him on ball, guarding quicker guys. He does have issues, but in a general sense, as a team defender, he's better in those situations because when he's on the help side defense and somebody's driving to the ball to the rim and he's on guarding somebody else, when he helps at that rim, he's an extra shot block which is really nice has some serious value so you know matas is a really interesting prospect but again just like ron holland 27 percent three-point percentage was not as bad as ron holland's 24 percent is really hampering what his potential could be so right now i have him 16th on the big board he hasn't moved for me he's still great as a 14th or 18 draft pick has a lot of flaws but a lot of real legitimate upside so you know that's that upside is not going anywhere the next man to break down is tyler smith six foot nine playing for g league he's averaging 12 points per game 
47% field goal percentage, 39% three-point percentage, 71% free throw percentage. So this guy is still a really good mover, really athletic. He defends really well, switchable, guards on ball really well. A really good standstill three-point shooter. 39% is really elite, especially in the G League against really good competition. He showed flashes of ball handling in previous games and, you know, some flashes of mid-range shot creation off of that ball handling. And, you know, he has a similar build to Jabari Smith Jr. You might be able to even call him a poor man, Jabari Smith Jr. And, you know, this guy's got a lot of 3 and D power forward traits that makes him a really high-level role-player prospect. I still have him graded as an 18th or 20 draft pick and 19th on my big board. This guy's so translatable to the NBA. Very, very translatable skill set. All right, we're going to go ahead and talk about Matas Bazelis next. He's averaging 12.4 points per game off of 44% field goal percentage. 27 percent oh wrong person nine my bad 12.3 points per game 57 percent field goal percentage nine percent three-point percentage 65 percent free throw percentage and eight rebounds a game so no izana mansa who's six foot tens issue has been the same issue this whole year he's a tween there he's he's a guy that's got power forward size but center wise he's a power center skill so you know you might categorize him as a power forward but there's a long time away from him being that he's a tweener he doesn't have a lot of athletic gifts or doesn't have a really strong frame to overcome being 610 at the center position which is why he again he's a tweener right now i have him grazed a 40 through 45 draft pick 50 45th guy ranked on my big board he's this mid secret round draft pick you know there's some intrigue there because he moves well defensively and he's very long and you know if he can if he puts that three-point shot together we might have something here but the chances of that is extremely slim all right the next game to break down is florida state versus miami and florida state is a guy named jameer Watkins who's really flying up draft boards he's six foot seven for florida state averages 13.7 points per game 2.8 assists 1.7 steals 50, 42% field goal percentage, 78% free throw percentage, and 31% three-point percentage. So, Jameer Watkins is definitely somebody that's got a really good handle, can really get to the rim so well, has really good finishing ability at that rim. He's definitely somebody that really understands being a ball handler, ran some pick and rolls as a ball handler. You know, in that wing position, he really just gets to the rim so well. Be a standstill three-point shooter, 31% really does hold him back a smidge. But I will also say that his ability defensively is really nice. He's a nice, strong, solid athlete. He moves really well defensively. He guards on ball pretty well defensively. If his three-point percentage was a little higher, he'd be a first-round draft pick. But for me, I have him graded 31 through 35, and he's ranked 34th on the big board right now. All right, so the next guy to break down is Baba Miller. So right now, he's averaging 7.5 points per game. He is six foot eleven. Five re- averaging five rebounds, 1.5 assists, 45% field goal percentage, and 31% three-point percentage. So, you know, when it comes down to Baba Miller, I definitely still don't think he's an NBA draft pick unless you consider him like a 55 through 60 draft grade. That's something I can get behind. But, you know, for him personally, I do think that there's some growth there. He's last year... uh he averaged 4.3 points per game, only played in 15 games, didn't start more than two games, shot 25% from the three-point line, 47% for field goal percentage, was looked very raw. 
and he's taken drone jumps a little bit. His ball handling to the rim looks really elite. You know, that's what the intrigue is all about. The three-point percentage is slowly going up, right? And he's putting some muscle on his body frame. I And he started every he's started every game for Florida State this year. So he has real value defensively. And I definitely feel like Baba Miller, even though he may not be able to be a guy in this year's draft class, got to watch out for him next year or the year after. Because one of these years, he's going to put it together and he's going to be a top three pick in the draft. Because he is just so elite getting to the rim. You just don't five, six, eleven guys with a handle like his every day and athletic gifts like his every day. So I digress. Baba Miller, sure, still a 55 through 60 draft grade. Don't come out if I advise him to do anything. Do not come out of the draft. Stay in college. All right, so the next game to break down, next group of players to break down is Miami Hurricanes. So in this game, we got, let's go ahead and start with Wuga Popular. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 6'5", two guard for Miami. He's averaging 14 points per game, 2.2 assists, 45% field goal percentage, 83% free throw percentage, and 43% three-point percentage. So, you know, in this game, he looked really good as a standstill three-point shooter. He's still an athletic guy, uh, defends really well on ball. But really, something that was really exposed for him this game was the inability to handle. I mean, he had real issues handling the basketball. You saw him in a few situations where the shot clock's less than five seconds off and he can't get a shot off, right? And it's, it just looked really tough for him. It's a real weakness. And because of that, he moved from the 20 through 22 draft grade that I had on him to 31 through 35. So right now I have a 31 through 35 draft grade from I view him as an elite early second round draft pick. Right now I have as the 30 to rank 32nd ranked guy on my big board, you know, and I don't really see him moving much from that spot. So Matthew Cleveland has somebody else that is on that I've talked about before. He's six foot seven, averaging 14.2 points per game, 1.2 steals, 1.8 block assists, 52% field goal percentage, 80% free throw percentage, and 37% three point percentage. So, you know, this guy is a pretty decent on ball defender, you know, his handle is not that special, but in this game, he did flash some handling and getting to the rim and have like some nice shot creation off the dribble. It was really interesting. It looked really raw, but it was really intriguing. There's some interesting stuff there with his handle. 
I still have him graded as a late second round draft pick. 55, 50 through 55 draft pick grade for Matthew Cleveland. But I definitely feel like he can definitely be an NBA draft pick. All right, so last guy to break down from this Miami group is Kaishan George. So he's six foot eight, he's averaging 7.6 points per game, 1.9 assists. 40%, oh, wrong player, my bad, 43% field goal percentage, 82% free throw percentage, and 41% three-point percentage. So this guy's been flying up draft boards. He moves really well, extremely smooth mover. Defensively, he's really solid on ball. Um, but what was really intriguing about him was shot creation. He had some really nice shot creation off the handle. It looked really smooth to him. Looks like he has two-guard skill for the 6'8 size, which is really nice. It's It's a little raw right now you know but it's really intriguing and the shot creation looked really nice he looked really smooth doing it really attacks the feet so well has really great footwork getting to his moves and that's got some really interesting upside so right now i have him great as a 20 through 22 draft pick and uh right now he is 24th on my big board all right so the next game to go ahead and break down is kansas versus baylor so kansas has uh let's go ahead and talk about hunter dickinson first he's seven foot one seven foot two um, he's a senior so he's going to come out this year 18.7 points per game off of 11 rebounds 2.1 assists 1.1 steals 1.3 blocks 57 percent field goal percentage 72 percent free throw percentage and 35 percent three-point percentage so you know hunter dickinson is somebody that has definitely is such a good post player definitely somebody that's very dominant in the post his height really makes a difference he's also a lefty so he kind of throws people off by him being a lefty it kind of makes people do things that they wouldn't normally do defensively it's a really interesting position he puts at the opposing team in i definitely consider him as a very good rebounder those 11 rebounds the game are really nice he's got really good post footwork you know defensively he's better than last year um last year at michigan he was super slow tight-hipped and it was really exposed you know you would give up points to him offensively but defensively he would shut you down and um He's definitely gotten around that a little bit. He's gotten a little bit better guarding the pick and roll, guarding the ball handler, the pick and roll, really specifically speaking. And that's a really nice thing to watch and see happen. I'm definitely excited by it, and I definitely feel like it's definitely an improvement that we've seen from Hunter Dickinson. Um, another thing that you can really like about his game is he's a 35% three-point shooter, percent shooter, you know, and it's not like off of 10 three-point shots. He shoots about, if I had to put math on that, two a game, maybe a little little bit over to a game you know his clip has really increased he's a good three-point shooter he can space the floor 35 percent is really solid it's definitely an improvement and well last year he shot 42 percent, but he shot less per game but you know he's he's solid at doing that so you know personally i think i'm moving up hunter dickinson just a smidge up the big board so he was graded as like a 45 for 50 draft pick um i also forgot to mention he's a good passer as well for the center position i have had him there because i was just like man he can't defend but you know this last game he he defended a little better you know i'll be very honest with you he did a better job than what he has done in the past defending again again baylor and guarding the ball handler and you know i'm starting to think that he's worthy of an elite second round grade um so right now i have him grade 31 through 35 i could definitely see him being a backup center in the nba for a while you know what i mean so 
because of the passing, the ability to post, the ability to defend the rim, be long, really lengthy. The three-point shot is really key for him to translating to the NBA. So Hunter Dickinson has potential to be a solid backup center in the NBA. So I have him great as a 35th guy in my draft board and I have a 31 through 35 draft pick great on him. Somebody that we did not scout is Kevin McCuller. He did not play in this game. So as much as I would like to scout him, wasn't able to. But there's a new guy added to this list and his name is Johnny Furphy, six foot nine. He is from Kansas. He's been flying up draft boards recently. Really interesting basketball player. Let's get to these stats here. He is averaging 8.4 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 51% field goal percentage, and 37% three-point percentage. So, you know, this guy is a really solid standstill three-point shooter. Uh, You know, he's somebody that moves pretty well athletically. I call him an average athlete. I definitely feel like that's a really good term to use for him. Average athlete. You know, he's somebody who can definitely be a below average rim attacker. I would like to see more of it, to be very honest with you. So right now, he's kind of in that mold of a 3 and D standstill guy at this moment in time, six foot nine. So I have him graded as a second-round draft pick. I have him graded in the same draft draft range as Hunter Dickinson the, the, the 31 through 35 draft pick grade and I currently have him rank 35 on my big board I mean 37 on my big board all right so let's go ahead and kick it to the other side of that matchup and on the other side of that matchup we got Baylor let's talk about somebody that I really want to talk about right away Jacoby Walter you know Jacoby Walter has been extremely surprising in one way and that is the plummeting of the efficiency numbers. So right now, he's a six foot five shooting guard from Baylor. He's averaging 14.3 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists on 33% field three-point percentage, and 85% free throw percentage, and 39% field goal percentage. Now, in the in the game, you know, he come off ball screens like he always does. He has some, you know, every once in a while flash handling and getting to the rim, things of that nature. But in this game, and in a general sense, you know, it looks like a loss of flow, the ability to get to the shot crate, the confidence maybe losing a little bit, but this this is really bad because that 39% field goal percentage is an extreme red flag that we got to plant in the air. Now, I do have a document because last year, funny enough, Keontae George from Baylor, last year came out of the draft, shot 37% field goal percentage. And everybody that was just trusting their eye test, not really looking at the stats of him, was like top five pick, top six pick, but he got drafted in 18th, which is actually where I had him grade him 18 through 20 draft pick last year. And the reason why is, historically speaking, let's just run through this. I'm going to throw a bunch of names at you. These are basically these players' field goal percentages in college. These are all guys that are starting level two guards in the NBA. All their field goal percentages in college the year before they went to the NBA. CJ McCollum, 50%. Bradley Beal, 44%. DeMar DeRozan, 53%. Jalen Brown, 43%. Malcolm Brogdon, 45%. Derek White, 50%. RJ Barrett, 45%. James Harden, 48%. Gary Trent, 41%, who's a backup level two guard. Zach Levine, 44%. Jaden Ivey, 46%. Donovan Mitchell, 41%. Benedict Matherin, 45%. Chris Duarte, 53%. Drew Holiday, 45%. Victor Oladipa, 59%. Gordon Hayward, 46%. Duncan Robinson, 44%. KCP, 43%. Anthony Edwards, 40%. 
Jalen Williams, 51%. Jordan Clarkson, 44%. Clay Thompson, 43%. Jordan Poole, 43%. Eric Gordon, 43%. Devin Brooker, 47%. Kevin Herter, 50%. Desmond Bain, 45%. Kelda Johnson, 46%. Kevin Porter Jr., 47%. And Cam Thomas, 40%. So, you know, this this basically graph shows you that there's a cutoff line here at 40%. And everything goes down. And there's nobody that really fits in the NBA as a two-guard that's stuck as a starting level guy in the NBA lower than 40%. And the only guys that are close to 40% is two people who had 40%. One of them was Cam Thomas, but at LSU, he led all freshman scoring in college at LSU. He was the leading scorer, 18-19 a game. Played on a team where he had to take a ton of highly contested tough shots. And if he didn't take, you know, 15 extremely tough shots and make, you know, half of them, LSU's not winning that game, right? They were a poor basketball team, college basketball team, and they needed him to score for them to win. So it was a lot of forced tough shots, right? If he didn't score 22, they don't win. So that field goal percentage was lower than it would have been in a different situation. Same thing with Anthony Edwards. Georgia sucked the year that they were there. Terrible. He had to score 22 to 25 for them to win. So that 40% field goal percentage was taken with, with a grain of salt. Jacoby Walter, it plays at Baylor. Gets a high quantity of standstill three-point shots, comes off ball screens, and gets good looks, and doesn't really shot create that much. The amount of tough shots that I've seen Jacoby Walter take on out in five full games of tape is about three. If you watch one full game of Cam Thomas at LSU, take him see him watch take six to seven. It'd be the same gosh darn thing with Anthony Edwards. So that thirty-nine percent plus the high quality looks, you better believe that it is a extreme red flag that you, you can plant on the ground and say, hey, this is a real issue. You know, Jacoby Walters moved down the big board. So I used to have him number five on my big board. Right now I have him number nine and great as a 10 through 12 pick. But if he keeps on doing this and we don't see it go up that much, even if it's at around 40%, he, he's going to fall out of my lottery because historically it does not work. And when you have so much data on top of the play style of what Jacoby Walter has, that's a bad, that's a bad, real, genuine issue for Jacoby Walter. So things are going downhill. He's had a really bad rough patch. I think he's shooting like 33% from the field and 22% from three-point line and big 12 play. I mean, once he's gotten in conference, it has gone downhill in a hurry. So, you know, I... He's he's moving down the big board. If this does continue, he will fall out of the lottery for me, and I will not does doesn't care how who says what about him after that point in time. It's historically impossible for him to be a lottery pick, in my opinion. So he's moving down the board, and it's still deservedly so. He can't blame anybody but himself. So let's go ahead and kick it to the next guy, Yavis Messi, six foot eleven center from Baylor. He's averaging eleven points per game, five point nine rebounds, one point seven blocks, fits sixty three percent field goal percentage. 58% free throw percentage. You know, this guy is such a good athlete, so good athletically, so good guarding the rim, you know, guards the pick and roll well, moves laterally really well. He's got he's a very good rebounder. Um, he swatted a few shots of Hunter Dickinson that looked really nice. You know, he's a very good lob friend at the rim. He also flashed a handle when nobody was really guarding him. Like when the center is staying at the rim and he has the ball in his hands, he can handle and put pressure at the rim and, you know, handle and maybe try to finish or handle that maybe post up. But it was interesting to see the fact that he does have a 
handle. It, it's not like, oh my gosh, the handle's so amazing because not coming a Chet Holmgren, no. But you know, some fundamental handle was nice to see as well. Um, all right, I I didn't see anything that moved moved him higher or lower on my big board. I still have him eleven. I still have him graded as a ten through twelve draft pick. I feel very comfortable in saying that he reminds me so much of Mitchell Robinson, who's a really solid center in the NBA. I feel like Yavis meant Yavis Messi can have a really good career in the NBA. I'm really excited to continue to watch him play. All right, so the next guy to break down is Jalen Bridges, six foot nine from Baylor. He's averaging ten point six points per game off of four point six rebounds, one point seven assists, forty four percent field percentage 39.8 percent three-point percentage at 86 percent free throw percentage so this guy's really athletic moves really well defensively you know could guard multiple positions really fluid uh he defends on ball so well such a good standstill shooter flashed continued to flash the ability to drive to the rim he's an intelligent screener as well you know i still have him personally as a high tier 3d role player i still have him great as a 22 through 26 draft pick i still have him 26 in my big board I mean, that's a 40 percent three point shooter. That's athletic. That's six nine. He can defend like that. Is so elite. Even though he's a senior, I feel like he's definitely NBA ready. And I'm I'm a higher than him than a lot of people. A lot of people have a second round grade on Jalen Bridges. Me personally, I view him as a first round draft pick. Late first round draft pick. Alrighty, let's go ahead and kick it to the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Melvin Ahincia, the French man that that I'm gonna go ahead and break down for you guys. He's six foot eight, playing in France. He's averaging nine point five points per game, playing in that best league in France, which is better competition than college. Uh, he's also would be a freshman age wise. He's averaging fifty two point five points per game. Uh, wait, no, bad. Fifty two point five points per game. That's fifty two point five percent from the two point shot to two point field goal percentage. They don't say field goal percentage. They say two point field goal percentage and three point free goal percentage. His three point percentage is thirty three percent, and his free throw percentage is 86.5%. Um, you know, he had a bad shooting night where he shot 0 from 6 from 3 in this game. So, in this game personally, he he moved down from like 35% three percentage to 33. But Melvin Ahincia is somebody that I've had really high on my big board for a long time. He can drive to the rim so well, really athletic, great frame, really strong, you know, dark defensively really good good athletically and last week i was like man the mid-range pull-up shots that he had looked so nice the shot creation looked so nice and i continued to see that he had one nice really nice no two really nice mid-range fadeaway shots one was on the baseline one was near the free throw line he's a left-handed player it's a really odd game he also had two three-point shot creation one was i think either a sidestep or a step back to the left and then one was a pull-up three-point shot off the dribble and those looked really nice and he continues to come off ball screens which is still crazy to me a small forward that comes off ball screens at six foot eight has all the gifts that he has puts him in a really unique grouping as a player you know he's such a good three-point shooter he can do the standstill stuff yeah, I mean, and in this game, he continues to just look unstoppable attacking the rim. Man, when he decides to go 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 to the rim and score, he just scores. <laughs> Whenever he decides to attack the rim, it is special. Yeah, I mean, he had an off shooting night, but one thing I would like to say also, even though he had a poor shooting night, he wasn't afraid of shooting the next shot, right? You want your scorers to have that mentality to say, I missed the last one, I'm having a poor shooting night. Who cares? I believe in myself, and I'm going to keep on making it's nice to know that he has that mentality mental set mental thought process and you know i'm honestly i have moved him from being a three to five pick level talent to being a two 
to three pick level talent. I have moved him above Isaiah Collier from the three big board to number two on the big board. And I've thrown out the name Paul George to try to compare to Melvin Ahinsia, but I'm feeling pretty confident with that comparison now. I have not watched anybody since doing this scouting. It says doing this podcast for the last few years where we'd break down draft draft groups. I have not seen anybody that reminds me more of Paul George than Melvin Ahinsia. I mean, the athletic gifts... The defensive ability, the ability to get to the rim, the ability to come off the ball screens at the small forward position, so rare. The ability to shot create a three-point line, the ability to shot create in the mid-range. It's all in-between stuff. It's Melvin Ahensia's got a lot of gifts here and a lot of skill that's really elite. And I have him as a two to three draft pick grade. You know, I, I have him higher than everybody else does, you know, and either I'm going to be really wrong about him or I'm going to be really right about him. But I was really right about Cam Thomas, so... I can, you know, I had Cam Thomas like 15 or 14th on my big board when he got drafted 28. So you know, I have a good feel in my personal confidence of shot creators. And after being wrong about Jaime Hawkins last year, I definitely feel like I've tried to change some things about my shot creation understanding and trying to scout these guys and man i just believe in melvin hansia i have him number two on my big board he's risen i believe in him so much and he's such a great talent and i'm just excited to keep on watching him so yeah so that's basically the end of the podcast you know next week we got a one heck of a week i mean we got Duke versus Wake Forest. Kyle Filipowski, Tyrus Bachter, get the scout, Andrew Carter, and Hunter Silas. We got Illinois, got Terrence Shannon, Coleman Hawkins versus all Living Air, Nakamura, and Terrence Williams. We're going to watch Baylor versus Oklahoma, Jacoby, Walter Miro, uh, Jalen Bridges, Elvis Messi, and then Jalen Moore from Oklahoma. We got UCLA versus Colorado, Adabona, Andy Mara, Coda Williams, Trista Da Silva, and then it might be UConn versus Marquette. As that last game where we watched Stefan Castle, Donovan Klingon, and uh, versus Tyler Kokek, and Oso Igabaro. So I'm really excited about those games. It's going to be really, really fun to break those guys down. I enjoy doing this podcast so much. I really appreciate anybody that listens to this podcast or goes and checks out my mock draft link where I have my big boards and my mock drafts and all those type of things. It's really great. I really